episode 137 of the Bevan James Isle Show, the stories we tell ourselves. Alrighty, team, welcome along to episode 137 of the Bevan James I'll Show, the fortnightly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness so that you can get all the benefits that come alongside it. Well, I'm sitting in a hotel room in a little old town called Dunedin in uh, the South Island of New Zealand because I'm about to do some work at the gym here tomorrow. We've got a big day at the gym over the next couple of days, so we're just heading down for the day today, go back tomorrow, so... Kind of thought I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself because I release this show on a Monday every fortnight, uh, but this time I'm recording it on the Friday. So I actually recorded this a few days before I release it because I'm kind of sitting in a hotel room for a few hours this afternoon. I thought, well, I might as well get something done instead of kind of just sitting around and kind of doing nothing. And so, hence I am. It's quite a nice hotel room. Uh, I like a nice hotel room. I'm not fussy when it comes to hotels. I've been in some pretty scummy ones in my time, but it is nice when you get a good hotel room. It's got a beautiful view of the harbour. Just kind of painting a picture for you guys here today. Uh, this week's show, I've got a, a topic that's um, a tool, actually, a tool that's actually been, I think, one of the most impactful tools that I've had upon my life in uh, the last period of time, actually, in, in, in quite a massive way. And, and when I think about practical tools, and that's what I always love to find when I find tools, or what are practical tools that actually I find when I apply them actually make a difference to the way I experience life in, 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 a, in a better way. And uh, this this is definitely a tool that's I'm finding is very powerful. And uh, as I introduce it to other people, I'm getting really good feedback about this tool. So I really wanted to do it for you guys. And so um, obviously this show is the Bevan Show. And uh, you know how I kind of do the show is I'll do an interview show and then I'll do a Bevan Show. Uh, and last time I had Robbo and had lots of good feedback on Robbo. So you know if you haven't listened to that interview, go back and listen to the interview with Robbo because it's got really good feedback about him and uh, the work he's doing. So you can check that out. But before I get into today's session, I, I, I kind of want to share an example that I've learned in um, in another area, actually. And this is a little bit different. Again, the, the main gist of today's show is a tool that I think is very powerful. But I just want to share something that I've been thinking about lately. Uh, and I'm going to create a scenario here. And let's just say it's the weight loss scenario. And let's say you want to lose, um, what's the number I can pull out? Okay, let's say you want to lose 4 kg. You know, you're a little bit overweight. You're not terribly overweight, but you know there's four kgs that ultimately you want to lose. And, and you know, with any kind of change we're trying to create, the first thing we do is determine we want to change. So, okay, I now want to change. The second thing we start to do is we start to think about, well, what's the outcome we desire? And we've determined that it's four kgs. And then next thing we kind of think, if we're going to do it wisely, what's the trajectory towards that outcome? And the trajectory towards that outcome is... Well, in the fitness industry, us fitness professionals will kind of say that you want to lose about half a kg a week. So really, four kgs to healthily go about doing it is kind of an eight-week period to lose that four kg. And then then you devise a plan that would get you there. And if it's weight loss, you'd probably be some nutritional choices. Uh, if we're thinking of the mind side of things and the planning side of it, you'd probably the planning that would go into your life, uh, looking after your stress releases, looking after your emotional outlets. These types of things are going to help you be successful and safely and wisely losing that 4kg over that eight-week period. Now, one thing I've, I've discovered in watching some people recently is when they go on that journey, 
they use some of their markers. And what do I talk about when I talk about markers? Well, what I mean by a marker is the measurement tools that tell you if you're being successful or unsuccessful on that journey. So what are examples of measurement markers? Well, obviously, with weight loss, it's jumping on the scales. But with weight loss, there's more than that, isn't there? There's the things like how your clothes fit when you put them on. That uh, might be... You know, uh, how you look at the mirror and what you see in the mirror about yourself. Like, I know some people like to grab parts of their body and, you know, they know by certain feels. You know, we have these little markers that kind of just indicate if we're going in the right direction or if we're going in the wrong direction. Now, while markers are a really good thing to use along the way in a journey of trying to create change, often they can work against us and quite massively. Because if we think about this kind of scenario that I've put in front of you right now, that's kind of eight weeks towards change, and the plan we've created, it's it's half a kg a week, and the behaviours that are going to get you there. Well, the thing about change is it's not a straight line. Maybe a better way of putting that is not a thing about change. A thing about moving towards a goal is it's not a straight line. So if you think of a graph right now and you know your current weight is at the top of the graph and you're trying to go to a weight that's at the bottom of the graph at the far end of the graph, well, it's not a straight line down. You're not going to be going in a straight line down in your journey towards that weight loss. There's going to be moments where it goes down and there's going to be moments where it might slightly go up. So let's say after a week and a half you've lost a kg and then you might have one day where you put a little bit of weight on. Might be just a little bit. You know, it might be a couple hundred grams or 500 grams. And again, if your measurement's kind of quite, I'm going to say anal here, quite kind of particular, you know, you might have the odd day where that, that kind of line's a little bit up. But as long as you stay on the same path and you trust your plan, the line's going in the right direction. And one of the problems when people are trying to discover growth or trying to overcome an area that they're working on is those markers, if they're not going in the right direction, can have a massive influence on the journey that you are on. I'm going to say that again because it's really important. The markers that you use to measure your progress, if they are not going in the right direction, can have a massive influence on the journey you are on. And what do I mean by that? So let's just say you're three weeks into it, based on the kind of theory I'm talking about here, you're probably about a kg and a half down in your weight. You're actually doing really well. And then one day you get on the scales and you've, you put on a little bit of weight or you put on a top and it just feels a little bit tighter or whatever those gauges are for you. Now, if you only see your journey as a straight line down, then any any kind of direction in the other direction becomes as a real threat. And what often happens in this moment is the emotions start to come back in. The self-talk from the past, the dissatisfaction that you had in that area, the belief that you can't get there comes into the experience that you're going through. So suddenly, while you're actually doing really well and the, the, the general trend of your progress is going in the right direction, because there's a small bump up, it triggers this emotional state, which often leads to a place which takes you a few steps back. And this is something I've just seen a bit recently with some people I kind of know, and it's just something I'm finding really fascinating. And one of the things I'm trying to work with and people I see do this is this whole idea of that progress is never a straight line. Progress is never a straight line. You don't go from being a total beginner to being a rock star in a straight line. And you don't go from losing weight in a straight line. It's it, You don't. You don't go from losing that, that 4kg over 8 weeks. It's not a straight line. The, the thing we've got to be looking for is the trend that we are working on.
And we need to acknowledge that within that trend, as long as it's going in the right direction, there's going to be moments where it might not quite go in the right direction. And this is important because if we don't have this understanding, we read too much into those little moments where our gauges tell us it's gone in the wrong direction. And often once we get emotional when we tell our old story and we, we use that as belief that we can't change, it basically keeps us stuck in our ways and actually probably makes us regress more from our start point. So one of the things I just wanted to kind of touch on before I get into the main gist of today's show is that it's really important when you think about any journey in your life, and particularly ones where you're trying to move away from dissatisfaction. Like ambitious journeys are a little bit different because, you know, if you're doing an ambitious journey, let's say you're trying to run a half marathon, you kind of, you start to learn on an ambitious journey that you have good days and bad days and just keep turning up that kind of consistency thing that I always talk about. But on a dissatisfaction journey, because it's, the moment you started that journey was often started because you were so dissatisfied with yourself. It can be a lot more of an emotionally vulnerable journey for you along the way. And many people when they're on an emotional vulnerable journey, they're almost looking for indicators that are going to prove they're going to fail. And if if you're looking for indicators that are going to prove you're going to fail, and even just a small upward you know, trajectory in the wrong direction can trigger something that actually really sets you back. And if, if, you, if you're listening to this right now and you know I'm talking to you, well, what I really want you to start to think about is I need to shift the way I see a journey towards change. And I've really got to realize that it's not a straight line journey. It's not a straight line journey. It's so important to understand that. And instead of looking for every moment in that journey to make sure it's going in a straight line down, is to kind of take a step back approach and look at the theme and kind of the trajectory that I'm mainly working on in this journey. Now, I'll admit, if you have you know quite a few experiences of you going in the wrong direction, or well, maybe your strategy isn't right, maybe you're planning the way you've, you know, if we go back to that 4kg weight loss, if you've, you know, three weeks into it and you put an extra kg on or for two weeks in a row, well, obviously something's going wrong in your strategy there and your planning and both emotionally and around the food and your exercise. So there might be some adjustments that need to be made. But if you have one moment where you wake up one morning, you jump on the scales and you haven't lost weight or you've put just a little bit of weight on, but the overall trajectory tells you that you're going in the right direction, trust your plan. Trust your plan. Because often what you're going to find is the next day or the next few days, you're back in that kind of trajectory towards your goal. And it's just, I often think of what are the moments that really ruin success when you're on the right path. And this whole idea of that every step in the direction has to be going in the right direction is basically going to make you fail. Because no growth, either moving away from dissatisfaction or moving towards ambition, is a straight line. In all growth, we have moments where we're heading in the right direction, and then we have moments where we slightly head back in the wrong direction. And we obviously, as we're heading in the wrong direction, we want to minimize that time, but we don't need to panic. And that's a really important thing to think about because if you can kind of take that more broader approach, then you can still see that in those little moments where your gauges tell you a little bit off, you can just still go, you know what, I'm going in the right direction. I can trust this for a little period of time. Maybe I'll keep looking at my gauges. And if it still goes in the wrong direction, I need to adjust my strategy. But ideally, I just want to keep on the same trajectory because up until this point in time, I'm three weeks into it. I've lost a kg and a half. That's the plan. Keep trusting my plan. And ultimately, I suppose that's what I'm saying here is if you've got a wise plan and it's doing the right thing, don't let a moment ruin for you. 
because that's what that chink does. It makes you not trust yourself. It makes you not trust your plan. And then you often get, well, not you, but in general, people can get emotional and they can go down the wrong way. So as I'm kind of talking about this right now, maybe you think of an area of your life where maybe you've done this, where you've tried to create some change, maybe towards ambition or away from dissatisfaction. And in that moment, you know, it wasn't a straight line journey. And maybe you hurt your journey because you had a chink in your armour. And maybe what you want to do is more have a step-back approach which sees the whole journey and kind of measures the trend of the journey. If you can do that, then you'll trust your plan, you'll stay in your plan for a longer period of time, there's a higher chance of success, and, and ultimately there's a higher chance of sustainability once you get to the end point of that journey. So it's just something that was on my mind, I kind of just threw that out there. Today's not actually the main just of today's show, but it's just something I feel, you know, change is hard, and um, especially in areas where we are dissatisfied in ourselves. So it's really important that we do everything we can to be as successful as possible along the way and work for us, not against us. And if we're too hard on ourselves and, and there's little kind of upward trends in the wrong direction, it, it often means we're never going to get there. So just something to think about. I'm going to get into the main gist of Jay's show, but before I just want to thank a few patrons of the show. So here are a few of the patrons. And the first one I have is Renee the Hawk Hawes. We've got Michael Hardcore O'Kane. He was a gym member and he disappeared for a while and recently he's, he's reappeared. So I'm really glad you're back at the gym, Michael. I got Samuel Mysterious Man Melino Weaver. We've got Donald the Explorer, Explorer James. And uh, Donald's actually, he's retired recently and he's doing some cool stuff. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to talk to you guys about that in the future. Uh, we've got Brittany Mystic McGetchen and Greg the Python Crowley. So if you want to be a patron of the show, just go to bevanjamesoz.com. There's a link to my Patreon page. Just contribute a little bit each time, and uh, if you like what I'm doing, it's just a great way of supporting me and what I'm doing here. Anyway, I'm going to get into the main gist of today's show, so let's rock and roll and get into it right now. If you listen to the show, uh, particularly in the last period of time, and, and you listen to the first bit of the show, we often just waffle about my life. Uh, one of the things that's happened in my life that's been a really big thing recently is that my wife and I, Joe, we've moved home. And uh, it's a busy time, it's an exciting time, um, it's, it's a stressful time, it's, uh, it's also quite a nice bonding time, but there's, there's a lot that happens when you go through the house moving process, because you have to sell a house, you have to buy a house, you have to, you know, do all the lawyer stuff, you know, it's a very kind of adult thing, if you know what I mean, and um, and the process has been, had an interesting experience for me in my life as a part of it, and ultimately there was a pretty big lesson that was aligned with some of the work and the tool that I've mentioned earlier on today's show, so so when you, when you buy a house, and when you sell a house, so we, we sold our old house and we bought a new house. And one of the things that's really important when you move out of your old house is um, the kind of, the, the responsibility of leaving your old house in a way that you can be, make the new person feel that you cared. <laughs> it's probably a really good way of thinking about it. You know, one of the kind of unwritten rules is that when you leave your house, you leave it like absolutely spotless. You leave it absolutely spotless. And um, I'm quite lucky because my wife is a very, very tidy person. So our house was kind of always pretty spotless anyway. But, you know, we made sure that as we left our old home, a home that we loved, like we loved our old home and there was a lot of good memories there. And 
um, it was actually quite interesting. You know, it's, it's sometimes different people have different things. Like I, I was, I'm very much like once I move on, I kind of move on. And Joe, Joe was a quite emotional leaving the house, and you know it was quite an emotional time for her. And you know, because you have so many memories in a house, don't you? You know, it's quite interesting when you think about the places you live in your life, and you know, if, if they're good places, how much you know you'll take from that. And one of the cool things our real estate agent actually did is they, as a kind of gift for using them, they got a photo book of the photos of the house that we used to sell, and it's something that I know we'll look back on in the future and kind of you know, look back fondly because we kind of loved our home and because it, it was a home. And so as you leave your house, you make sure it's spick and span to the best possible because you want the person that you're moving into to walk in and, you know, start their process of making their home their home. And that's kind of the unwritten rule when you're buying and selling houses. So we kind of did that. And then on the day that we had our move, it was, it was kind of a stressful day because that's kind of the moving day. And also lawyers are always a bit late. And, you know, like you kind of, you have a plan of how you think it's going to happen. And then the plan doesn't quite go to plan. So, but you know what, you get there. And we leave our place and we turn up to our new place. And the, the people we moved in and bought the place off, didn't necessarily show the same level of caring of passing on the house to the new person. And basically they left the place in a bit of a mess. And I'm not going to kind of go into detail here, but it was enough that kind of as soon as we walked in the house, there was this kind of, the way they left the house kind of started to own Joe and I. Uh, and what do I mean by that? Well, you kind of started walking around the house and you, it was almost like, all you were seeing was the things that they hadn't done. Um, and that now, we bought a home, we loved the new house that we've gone into. So, you know, in this moment, you know, you want to walk in the door and think, wow, look at this new house we've got, you know, it's our new home. Now we get to make it our home. And when we walked into the house, we kind of, instead we were confronted by, oh, wow, that's a bit disappointing. And maybe a little bit disrespectful. And, um, and then you kind of saw the things that you had to do because suddenly... Um, you know, they hadn't have done the job that maybe you thought that they should have done. And so you know, suddenly you're consumed by something completely different. Instead of kind of walking into a house going, well, I love my new home and I'm now I get an opportunity to make it a home. It's like you're on the back foot. And it was a really interesting first few days in this new house because while we loved the house, we were being owned by a sense of frustration in the house. There was this kind of frustration that um, that owned us, basically. And, and and the way we were experiencing, well, I can't speak for Joe, but the way I was experiencing the house came with a little bit of disappointment. And again, like, we love the house. The house is what we wanted and everything. So so if we look at just the, the bones of it, the house is fine. You know, like the house is kind of what we wanted. But because our first experience of the house was a bit of a letdown, Suddenly, my experience of the house was kind of living up to that. It was continuing on with this. And then at this time, I realized what I was doing. I realized I was allowing myself to tell myself a story about this house, a story that ultimately was determining how I was experiencing this house. The story probably ultimately in my head was that we were probably being a little bit disrespected and dis disrespected and that, um, you know, we're having to clean up after somebody else. And there's this kind of story that was making me experience in the house in a way that was working against me. 
And it was quite interesting that I was going through this experience because at the same time, I just introduced a new tool to my life and, and it's a tool about stories. And what do I mean by this? Well, one thing I love to think about, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot in my life lately, is this whole idea of the way we perceive the world is the way we will experience the world. The way we perceive the world is the way we will experience the world. So in my new house, and, and often when we think about the way we perceive the world, it's often stories, isn't it? You know, what's the story I tell myself around this area? Like think about yourself right now. Think of it an area of your life where maybe you're consumed in a way that's it's ultimately a bit of a waste of your energy. I'm sure there's some kind of story around that. It might be that you haven't been treated fairly. It might be a a fear of an insecurity that you have. It might be worry about something in the future. When you think about that area that you identify as I talk right now, I'm sure there's a story that goes alongside it. So my story in my new house was, I felt that were you know disrespected a little bit and I felt I was cleaning up after somebody else so when we think about that story then as I was mentioning before how was I experiencing my new house well instead of walking around and enjoying my new house as I should have been I was walking around almost looking to see the things that were wrong with it and and, and I'll be honest because this was a story in my in my head and this is how I was experiencing it I was probably looking too deep you know, there was an aspect of cleanliness that they should have left the house at. But because they set up this mode in my mind, suddenly I was looking at things where, you know, like I remember I looked up in my, my in the bathroom, so in our bathroom, and when the painter had painted the wall, they must have got a small brush stroke, you know, and it's literally like a centimetre. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's literally nothing. But it bothered me. And why is that? Because my story was I've been let down, this house wasn't up to scratch. So suddenly my experience of the house was to look for everything that was wrong with it. Now, sure, you know, if I was going to be stupidly anal and say everything had to be perfect, that paint mark wasn't perfect. But really, like, I'm being a fool. I'm being a fool in this moment. And this is a really good example of the first point of today's show, is that often we tell ourselves stories that will determine how we're going to experience the world. My story was a bit of disrespect, a bit of having to clean up after somebody else, kind of own my experience in my new home, and then what happened, what was my experience in my new home, was kind of seeing everything that was wrong with it. And again, the bones of it were great. So one thing that I've learned recently is this really cool technique that goes around this. So, so my first point is we all have stories and if we go back to this kind of idea of the way I perceive things will be how I experience them. And, and a great example of this is the kind of the glass half full person versus the person who has the glass half empty. Like those two people can have the exact same experience but because the way they perceive it, the way they experience will be completely different. Like, we know that's the case, don't we? And so with this in mind, and one thing I've been reading and kind of think about is this kind of whole storytelling. And one thing I, I started to understand a few days into my new house was, I'm telling myself a story. And this is what this technique I want to introduce to you today is. is it's Bevan's storytelling technique. And basically, the first thing you need to do is see when you're telling stories that are working against you. See that you're telling stories that are working against you. And 
maybe think about some different areas. So, so maybe areas around insecurity, because often people who have stories around insecurity often work really against them. Uh, future worry. Future worry is a really interesting area around stories because we worry about the future and it's not often really based on fact. We just kind of build the story up and often the thing that happens is we get really emotional as well. And so we kind of build the story and we get emotional, you know, and, and in many ways we end up just creating the emotional story that just started in our mind. So things like future worry, insecurity, um, unfairness is a really big one as well. And, and ultimately that's probably what we felt in the house. It was just a little bit unfair. Um, and sometimes the stories are real. Like to be honest, they, they should have had the house tidier. You know what? They should have. You know, that, that was probably a little bit fair for us to feel a little bit disheartened about how they left the house. But at the same time, it was a waste of my life. Like, I'm sure they weren't walking around going, oh, you know, I feel really bad that I didn't, you know, leave the house. They're, they're moving on and living their life. So, you know, I love this whole thing of the person who treats you unfairly, they end up owning you. And so it's your job not to let them own you. So the first thing to acknowledge in your life is when you're telling stories, when you're building stories up, they ultimately work against you. It worked against me because I walked around my house seeing everything that was wrong. The second tool step in this tool, Bevan Stories process, I don't know, I'm just putting that name out of my butt, is to tell yourself, this is just a story. This is just a story. And this is a really important thing. And, and, and I know I'm telling quite a, a, an extreme example of this today. I'm telling the story of, you know, moving house and all the rest of it. But I'm using this tool all the time. Any time where I see where I'm building something that would ultimately work against me, I just go to myself, I catch the story, okay, be if you're telling the story, and then I just tell myself, this is just a story. And what that does, and at least my experience of it is, it, it diminishes what you're going through. It's almost like, it's almost like um, you, you know, you've just pushed it all aside because you see it for what it is. You know, I, I remember the other day I was, I was I woke up in the night because I had I had to do some work for Les Mills and I was um, I didn't feel I'd done enough prep, so I woke up worried in the middle of the night and I was like, oh no, I haven't done enough prep and you know, and so I was starting to worry, and I just went to myself, Bev, this is just a story. You've got plenty of time to be able to do the prep that you need to be able to do, and you're fine. And by just telling myself that this is just a story, it just diminishes what you're going through, and if any way, it just kind of brings clarity to your mind. So the first step is to catch the story, see that you're doing the story. The second is just to say, this is just a story. But there's two more really important steps. So then the next thing you want to do in the process is you want to say to yourself, what perspective will serve me better in this situation? What perspective will serve me better in this situation? So... Let's just go back to my house one. So the, the first story was kind of dis, disrespected, cleaning up after someone's mess. That led to the experience of me walking around the house seeing what was wrong, not what was right with it. And then this kind of, um, I caught myself doing this. And I said, this is just a story. And I just thought to myself, what's a better perspective to serve me better in this moment? And to be honest, when we got this house, we did get a good deal on this house. So we did get a good deal um, for what we paid for this house. And so one thing I just said to myself is, the deal that we made on this house, in theory, they are paying me the amount that we made below probably what what they wanted to clean their house. And if someone were to say to me, we want to pay you that much money to clean a house for a week, would you be happy to do it? And 
I was like, yeah, I totally am. And suddenly once I found that perspective, I could start making the home my home. Suddenly, because I shifted my perspective, I could start making the home my home. Now, did they were they a little bit disrespectful? Yeah, maybe they probably could clean up. Maybe maybe it was our standards are higher than theirs. Maybe we were being a little bit unfair. But in that moment, just by shifting my perspective, I was able to shift the way I was perceiving the world. And remember what I said before: the way I perceive the world will often interpret how I experience the world. So in that moment, once I found that perspective of, you know, the, the made the deal we made on this house is basically if I were to get paid to clean the house for a week, if they'd said to me, "Look, you can get the house for this much cheaper if, if you clean it," it would have been a no-brainer. And in, in a perfect world, the house would have been to a standard. But so be it. But the thing was, in that moment, because I found a better perspective, again. I started to make the place my home. I looked at it in a different life, in different light. And that's what this does, is it changes your experience moving forward. And and, and the fourth step that I like to say is um, act upon the new perspective. So then act upon the new perspective and the kind of story process that I'm adding here. That's what you really want to do is you want to act upon the new perspective once you put it in place. So for me, in that situation, you know, as I clean up, like I, I had to clean the windows, and um, as I'm cleaning the windows, instead of kind of being angry because they hadn't cleaned the windows, I was like, you know, well, how cool is this that I can kind of clean the windows, and we're on a hill, so I've got a view, and I was like, oh, how cool is this I get to be doing this right now? So the new perspective, and I acted upon the new perspective, and that's kind of a really important step in the process. Now you can see my emotional experience through that whole journey, can't you? And you could say, Bevan, why would you put up someone, you know, not having that, you're not delivering on kind of the unwritten agreement? And I agree, you know, like in a perfect world that would have happened. But they were owning me in a way that was a waste of my life. They were owning me in a way. And that's often what happens when unfair situations, like think of a time in your life when someone's treated you unfairly. They own you. They often own you, you know, you think about them so much and, and, and not a good energy, like it's a waste of your life. Now, we did write to the real estate agent, we kind of said, hey, look, you know, we feel you need to let them know that we kind of felt a little bit disappointed. So we kind of did the professional thing, we did it not in a mean way, we just kind of said, you know, this is something that needs to be known. So we kind of did do the thing that professionally we felt we should do, but ultimately we didn't want them to own us. And we didn't want, and that's often what happens in the unfair situation, is the unfair situation, it just ends up owning you, you tell a story, your experience ruins your part of your life. So, what are, what are, what, what are you thinking about you right now? Think about you. What are the stories that you tell in your life that are ruining your experience of life? What are the stories that you're telling in your life that are ruining the experience of your life? As you think right now, as you kind of, I don't know what you're doing right now, you're cleaning the car, you might be going for a run, you might be, I don't know, I don't know how people listen to this podcast, but whatever you're doing right now, just think of those stories that work against you. For me, the house was a really great example of it. It was it was really applicable because I was actually thinking about this tool in my life at that moment. It was a really good opportunity for me to shift my energy away from an energy that was bad for me and toward one that was more productive for me in my life. And the thing about this tool, so again, the four steps are catching yourself when you're telling a story. Step number two is just to say, this is just a story. And the whole idea of this is just to diminish 
how much it owned you in that moment and just to kind of bring it back to the now so you can kind of respond to the now and then and then the third step in the process is to ask that question of what perspective will serve me better in this situation for me it was hey you know what I'm kind of getting paid to clean the house for a week at a rate that I'd be pretty happy to take and then what actions can I take upon this do you think if you got really good at implementing that that'd have a massive influence on the way you experience the world now I know it is for me and this is like the example I shared today was quite quite a big example it was quite an honest example from my life it's just something I probably wouldn't normally share in a podcast but it was quite applicable to this moment uh it's also something uh that's quite a big example of it but but ultimately I've been using this tool in kind of almost daily in lots of areas what's this what's that story it's just a story what's a better perspective that's going to serve me better in this moment how do I act upon this perspective and if we go back to the first point that I mentioned earlier, this whole idea of the way I interpret the world is the way I'm going to experience the world. What this tool gives you, this tool gives you, is an opportunity to consciously choose how you're going to experience this world. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? You know, a lot of people kind of just think that the world's given to them on a plate and that's how they have to experience it. But imagine if you have a tool that allows you to determine how you're going to experience the world. And that's the thing, you know, you know how you meet that person who almost frustratingly always sees the like the, the good and everything. I've got, I've got a mate who's who's kind of a really, he's a, he's a, he's a really cool guy to talk to because every time you talk to him, if you ever show any kind of negativity or gossip or anything, you know, um, anything bad towards him, he just always finds the right light. And and he's not he's not he's not the smart ass guy, you know. He's not doing it because it's the right thing to do. He's just got that perspective on life. He just always sees the good and stuff. And you kind of think, wow, what a cool life to experience. And this tool here gives you the choice to be able to determine how you're going to experience the world. So again, the four steps are catch yourself telling your stories. Tell yourself it's just a story. And then once you've done that, then put that what perception, what perspective, sorry, what perspective will serve me best in this situation and then act upon it. And the thing I'm going to challenge you on is practice this a lot. Like this isn't just for the big house move where things go slightly wrong. This is for the little moments each day when those stories are working against you. And I almost kind of guarantee, like this is, again, I think, you know, I've, I've introduced lots of tools over these years and, and some tools really get, I get a lot of feedback on. I kind of think this will be one of these tools where people are going to come up to me and I say, Bev, you know, that, that storytelling tool has been powerful for my life. Because I know in my life right now it's really powerful. And uh, again, imagine if you had the choice of how you're going to experience your world. So take what you want from this but I, I, I am going to challenge you practice this stuff because I ultimately believe if you do you're going to be a better version of yourself alright team hopefully you got something from that I um yeah it's uh, I could go on for hours about this one I, I really love this tool I really do like I you know some of the you know, I think of the tools that um you know, you know, if you listen to the show for long, long enough, you know that I really believe in strategies and tools, strategies and tools and practice, practice, practice. And some strategies, you know, take a lot of work. Some strategies don't work. And, and, and it's like some people work for some people and some people don't. But um, 
I'm finding this, and I've been using this with a few of my clients recently, and I'm getting really great results back. Really great results. So again, I really challenge you. You know, just if if any if anything, just practice each step for a few days. Just practice catching stories. Then practice adding the um, this is a story. Then practice the perceptive change, perception change, and then practice the action. And let me know how you get along because I'd be really curious to see how you get along. Uh, pretty much the main gist of today's show done. What else is, is there anything else I want to kind of share with you guys? I, it's, it's kind of a shorter show. Normally I try to get up to it for 40, 50 minutes and I'm at, I'm at 36 right now. So I'm kind of, I do have an idea of what I want to talk about in my next episode, but I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. So what I will try to do, actually not for my next episode, for the next Bevan episode. So I'll try to get an interview for the next episode. I'm trying to get hold of an uh, an a guy who was an elite athlete for years, like world-class athlete, um, but now gone into really fight for kids, being able to be kids, you know, in, in this kind of world that we live in where we, we're almost a bit too protective of kids in this world. And, and in many ways, you know, you're a parent, if you're a parent, you know, there's a level that you've got to choose that you're comfortable with and it's not up to me to judge that, but in some ways, many of our kids are losing some of the things about life that are pretty great because we almost protect them too much and he's a big advocate of kind of letting kids be kids and letting them be adventurers and all this kind of stuff and he's got a pretty cool message and some great books on this stuff, so I'm trying to line up an interview with him, so fingers crossed I can get that sorted out for the next episode because I think it'd be pretty cool. Um, other than that, I think I'm going to wrap up, wrap up the show, so I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time, hopefully with that interview, but in two times from now... I've got another kind of thing that's been blowing my mind away a bit recently. I can't have these epiphanies. Actually, one book I read recently, which I really liked, um, which I recommend. People are always asking what books I read. Um, Darren Brown, The Magician. If you've heard of Darren Brown, you're probably from the UK, you've probably heard of him. Uh, he does. He's kind of a mentalist slash magician. He did a very good show on Netflix recently called The Push. And in The Push, what he did, um, he basically tried to see if he could socially manipulate somebody into killing somebody and at the end of the show they have someone sitting on edge of the building and uh can he get somebody to push that person off the building now obviously they're not going to die but it's the whole thing of how can you manipulate the world to it gets to that point and um it's it's a pretty interesting show i highly recommend you watch it but he wrote a book on happiness and uh it's a different look at happiness. it's quite a big book like i listened to the audiobook and it's about 18 hours so it's quite a big book and uh, some of it goes a bit over your head, some of it's okay, but there's some real good gems in there. And uh, he, he has this real thing around death, which I really like. Um, and uh, maybe I'll talk about that in the future, because death is a very hard subject, but it's obviously something we all need to face in life. You know, death is a part of life. Um, but he has some really powerful words around death. I don't think I'll be able to get Darren on this podcast, he's pretty probably a bit high for my level, although if anyone knows Darren Brown and you can sort me out an interview, you know, I know I've got lots of UK listeners, so if you if you know Darren, hook a brother up, because I'd love to get him on to talk about his book, not to talk about his magic stuff, but to talk about his book, because his death stuff was really, really powerful, and, um, and there's a lot of people out there when it comes to death have a lot of concerns, which is understandable, but I, I really like some of the ways he framed that part of the living experience and so um if you are someone who kind of maybe has 
fears around death or has struggles around it, you check out his book. And, and um, again, it's a big book. I think it's kind of the last third really covers that area. So if you can, I'm sure you can kind of look in the index to see what's happening there. Anyway, I, I, I basically talked for another little bit on this so I can get to 40 minutes. <laughs> so, so there you go. So uh, that's pretty much this week's show wrapped up. If you want to email me, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. Uh, spread the word about the show on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, wherever you kind of spread what you do. Uh, and uh, just thanks for your time. I hope you got something out of today's show. I'll see you in a couple weeks' time. It's uh, Bev out for now.